This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Let's bring in Jonathan Coachman from Sportsline. He's joining us on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. Getting a little NFL. Let's start with Thursday Night Football tomorrow because we just kind of looked into that game a little bit earlier. Where are you just on this situation with where the Bills are? who Struggled a little bit recently. They go in, obviously, as three-and-a-half-point favorites against New England. But we know it's Bill Belichick, and he always finds ways to just, just mess with a team like the Bills. And the one thing you guys never do on your show, and the one thing I never do on my show, is recommend money lines north of minus 140 or north of minus 150. But guys, here's the deal. The Bills are no longer the number one seed. The Bills are no longer the darlings of the NFL. They've got an issue. They've got a quarterback who's hurt, who's not playing good football, and they're running into a Patriots team that, as you said, always seems to have the number. And let's throw this in. They're thinking in the back of their mind, what is Miami going to do this weekend? Are they going to take a step ahead? So for me... If I'm betting this game sitting at three and a half, I'm going to bet the money line. Even if I have to lay minus 150 or if it goes up to minus 160, minus 170, I'm okay with that. But I'm certainly not going to back the Patriots against the Bills team that if they play well, they are the best team in the NFL, just not right now. I totally agree with you, Coach. I want to get your thoughts on this Titans-Eagles game because we know the Titans, they've been great against the spread, 7-1 and in their last eight games. They're coming off a home loss, five-and-a-half-point dogs in Philadelphia. Have you made a uh, a wager on this game yet? It, it's thing. We do our big NFL mega preview of Sportsline and Early Edge on Tuesdays. And the reason we do it on Tuesdays is that's kind of the first day after Monday Night Football, and then we see where the lines are, and then we can adjust as we go. To me, the Titans are a team that this year, whether it's against the Chiefs, underhanded, no quarterback, they still take them to overtime. They're a very, very difficult team to bet because Derrick Henry always seems to find a way to get to 100 yards, and sometimes they can score, sometimes they can't. So where I'm going to fall on this is Philadelphia proved me wrong. Prove me to me that the 47 points you scored last week when they overhit in the first half, by the way, that that was a mirage. Because what happened just seven days before, guys? They barely beat the Colts with a late Jalen Hurts touchdown. Yeah. So for me, I've got to play the Eagles, but be very, very careful because the Titans – for some reason, they're the only first-place team that everybody is sleeping on. The game that everybody seems to have different opinions on because there's a bunch of variables uh, with it, and PJ and I have made sure that we talk to everybody about this game because it's the Browns, Deshaun Watson's debut. The Browns are seven-point favorites going down to it. See a terrible, terrible Houston team. But as PJ pointed out, quarterbacks this year are 0-5 against the spread that when facing their former team. So these revenge games haven't gone so well. And we saw the emotion, you know, week one with Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. And clearly Seattle is a much better team than Houston. But, you know, when you look at this game, is there anything you'd be willing to touch? Would you sprinkle a little something maybe on Houston? We decided to just go ahead and take the Houston money line on this. It may be crazy, but we'll feel really great if it actually happens in the end. I know they're terrible, but we don't even know what Deshaun Watson's going to be. Where are you on this? 
Well, I know what Nick Chubb's going to be. Yep. I know what Kareem Hunt's going to be. I know what they're going to do. So there's going to be a lot in the first quarter. It's going to be this. Yep. This. Until he settles in. And guys, don't think for a second the NFL doesn't have a, in a very dark situation, kind of a sense of humor. Because they knew that this game, that this was the week, that potentially Deshaun Watson could come back. But understand this. The Browns are now setting themselves up, maybe not to make a playoff run this year, but if Deshaun Watson plays as good as he played when he was in Houston, they're going to be a playoff team next year. And whether fans like it or not, he's going to play. He has served his punishment. And all the outside noise, that to me is the biggest factor. That's the biggest thing. Can he shut it out? The one thing that I say at the early edge that I will never do anymore, and I still find myself doing it, I'm not going to bet on hope, and I'm not going to bet on a bad team. And the Texans are both of those things. So for me, it would be Browns or nothing. Or I would also throw them into a teaser because you could take that down to one, and then all the Browns essentially have to do is win the game. It'd be bad luck if they won by one and you lose that teaser. So those would be the two things I would do. Either take the Browns by the half point to six and a half, or take them down to one in a teaser. Mm, teaser legs, not mm-hmm. a bad thought. What do you think of this Jets-Minnesota game? Interesting stuff. You Sauce Gardner against Justin Jefferson is going to be really fun. Is the Mike White mania going to continue into Minnesota? And then, Coach, I think it's a good letdown spot to fade the Vikings. Thanksgiving game in prime time. You've played the Bills. You've played the Cowboys. It just seems like a game where Minnesota might let up just a little bit. And you know that Jets defense travels on the road. What are you doing in Jets-Vikings? Well, they've been exposed the last few weeks. We've been saying all year the Vikings are a fraud. Mm -hmm. And if you look at some of the wins that they've had, Washington, just to name one, where they got lucky at the end of the game and then that atrocious video that then led to Adam Schefter doing the same (laughs) thing. They're like, what is going on? (laughs) But flip side, you've got the Jets. And let's not forget what happened a year ago. Mike White came out of nowhere, first start, threw for 400 yards. It was like plus 4,000 that he would lead the league in passing that particular Sunday, and he did it by like 100 yards. Mm -hmm. But this is week two again, and now teams have a, a, a chance to prepare, understand. But you said the most important thing. This Jets team is not winning because of offense. They did score 31 points last week, but it was against a bad Bears team. They are winning because of that defense. And if you're going to go to Minnesota and you're going to get physical with them and you're going to get tough with them and you're going to get in Kirk Cousins' face so he doesn't have time to throw it to Justin Jefferson, I would play the Jets all day, every day. I'm starting to believe. In week 13, gentlemen, you got to start believing in these teams that continue to figure out a way to win, and for me, it's the Jets. Yeah, there's no question. We've got enough of a sample size now to know who teams are and who teams aren't at this point. Talking to Jonathan Coachman here, Bet MGM tonight. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the futures market a little bit. If if somebody hasn't necessarily bet on an MVP yet for the NFL, still thinking about it. I, I you look at uh, guys like Tua, plus 500 at Bet MGM at San Francisco. You know, Josh Allen tomorrow playing the Pats. Jalen Hurts is plus 325 hosting the Titans. Joe Burrow at plus 1800 hosting the Chiefs. Like out of those quarterbacks, who has the most to gain this week in that market in terms of the MVP race with a win? Oh, it's not close. It's it's Tua. And if you look at the schedules that are left, it actually hurts Patrick Mahomes his schedule, because they are playing nobody. The Chiefs will not lose another game. But here's the problem. They may be up just like last week, 10, 
15, don't really have to do a whole lot, don't have to take any chances, and then his numbers may not be as good in these last five or six games. Now, for me, Tua, you look at their schedule, oh, my God, it's a murderer's row of teams, just good team after good team after good team. If they can go, they can lose only one, maybe two, and he still throws for 300 yards. I played Tua's over last week because he's become an automatic 300-yard passer. That's how good he is when you got Waddle on one side, Tyreek Hill on the other. So, for me, it's Tua or nothing. And right now, if he has a big push late, late in the season, I can see him stealing it at the end. Coach, let's go to college football. We got championship this week. Big one on Friday night. USC, they know their fate. They win, they're in, they lose. That opens the door for Ohio State and Bama. Two-part question for you. One, do you think USC gets the job done? If not, uh, do you see Ohio State moving in? Because there have been some people out there that think that even though Ohio State's in front of Bama right now and they're both off this week, that somehow Bama could jump in still and get in and uh, over Ohio State? First of all, USC is going to win because this is a rematch. But people forget, I live 45 minutes from campus. I live in Orange County, gorgeous Orange County. Everybody loves USC. It's all USC country. (laughs) But the first game, do we remember how that game script went? They were up double digits until late in the game, and then they gave up two random touchdowns to lose by one. But they dominated that game the entire way. And now you got a chance for the first time to make it to the playoffs. I believe it's the first time. I could be mistaken. But Pac-12 teams never make it. We right. know that. They never make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And was the, if there's ever been a, a year that we need a 12-team playoff, this would be the year. Because now you're starting to see teams with one losses and, and two losses that are getting in because so many teams are losing. USC wins. But to answer the second part of your question, oh, hell no. All the people that are on – and, you know, I was at ESPN for 10 years – And I'm watching all these talking heads, and I'm going, what are you guys talking about? You can't get blown out at home, at home by Michigan, and then sit, and then somehow back your way into the playoffs when Alabama just ran over Auburn. That's not going to happen. Ohio State is dead as far as the playoffs are concerned, and they should be when you allow, whatever, 43, 44, whatever that number was. They got ran out of their own building. They don't deserve it. We got a couple of big numbers, too, in the uh, SEC championship and Big Ten. LSU is a 17-and-a-half point dog against Georgia. Purdue's plus 17 against Michigan. Out of those two underdogs, who do you see having a better chance to cover? You, can't, you, you couldn't ask me an easier question, LSU. Mm. And I know that I, last, last week was the perfect letdown spot for them. They'd had so many big games. The, the, the win over Alabama, I thought it would take two or three weeks to get over. It was so emotional. And they keep winning these big games and the talk of them going to the playoffs with two losses. And can they be the first LS team, LSU team to do that? And then you knew that was going to be tough because nobody gave Texas A&M a chance. But, but... Let's not forget before that game how good LSU had looked. And all Georgia has to do, gentlemen, is win this football game, and they're into the playoffs. They don't care about winning by 17 anymore. They don't need that. They don't need style points. They need a W. That's why the 17-point spread is way, way too high. I wouldn't touch the other one with a 10-foot pole. Coach, speaking of Georgia, which team do you think gives them the best game if they were to play? Whew. That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to say probably USC because USC has a dynamic offense and USC can score. And when you start to put pressure on a team that 
I still don't believe in their quarterback. I just think everybody around him makes him better. Yeah. But to me, if you're facing a team that routinely scores 35 or 40 or 45 points, that's that puts a lot of pressure on a team in a playoff situation when that game is really, really heightened. So I would have to say USC won, and then Michigan is really, really, really good. And if they can get that offense going like last week against Ohio State with that dynamic defense – it could be tough depending on how they lay out. If Georgia would have to go against USC, then potential, potentially Michigan, it could be a hard road to the national championship. Got about two minutes here, Coach. When it's all said and done, let's look ahead a week. How do you see that final four? How do you see that college football playoff ranking one through four looking? Well, I think it's going to be Georgia. I think Georgia will be number one. They'll, they'll beat LSU. I just don't think they'll win by 17. I can see it 30, 20, something like that. And then I think Michigan will be number two. Then... Who, who am I missing right now? Oh, TCU. TCU is mm-hmm. Big 12 championship. They're going to beat uh, Kansas State. Play them on the money line, by the way. Don't take the points. Play them on the money line. And then you're going to have USC. So I think it's going to be Georgia, USC, Michigan plays TCU. And that's your final four. Yeah, real quick, Coach. We just had the big announcement. Yeah. They're going to expand the playoff to 12 teams. Do you like Do you like that idea, the expansion of 12 teams? Look, yeah. I love it. I love it because if you're a Power 5 conference and now with recruiting that is so difficult, you've got to dangle that carrot for every big-time recruit that they have a chance to make it to the playoffs. If you're a Pac-12 school where I live, that's never been an opportunity because they always beat up on each other. So for me, you get 12 teams, you get every Power 5 gets a team in, then you have the wild cards, and I think you'll see a true national champion. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Think, no, I, like I don't think there's anybody that doesn't want more college football playoff games. I think <laughs> it's safe to say they're smart enough to know where the money is, and it's certainly there. Jonathan Coachman, no Sports Line, appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you, Coach. Oh, I love guys man, I, I i love the idea of 12 teams oh, I, man. I know there's some people and they say you know the semifinal games there's a lot of blowouts i would rather have more opportunity for more programs to get in and have upsets and have a chance for well one just more meaningful football say what you want about the regular season in college football i understand there's a lot of meaningful games but in the end here this still takes it up a notch it's more you're creating your own mini march madness right and plus nick a lot of the times it, like it's not fair think about who tennessee had to go through if they wanted to make the playoffs. Yeah. Look at what LSU had to go through. Clemson this season, if they just would have beaten South Carolina and then Notre Dame, they would have been in the playoffs and nobody would have said anything about it. Now you get to settle it on the field. Plus what I love too is I hope that when they go to these 12-team playoffs, the quarterfinal matchups they're going to have on the campus sites. So like when Alabama plays Oklahoma, that game's going to be in Tuscaloosa. It's not Mm -hmm. going to be in an NFL stadium. So I just love everything about it. I think it's great. We're finally going to get a true national champion. You look at some of the mocks right now, like if the playoff were to start this year, a lot of the times the quarterfinal matchups are tougher than the possible like semifinals that some of these teams could get. So it's, it's going to be great. And he brings up a great point too about the recruiting tool because there are going to be a lot of great bowl games this year that happen in the Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl. Nobody's going to care. It's all about the playoff. Now that you expand it, it's just going to make the regular season that much more exciting. Remember when we had the BCS? Oh. <laughs> Co-champions and just, it was so stupid. Right? Yeah. It was just, oh, it was just awful.